Hey guys, so good to be with you this morning. <laughs> How are you all this morning? Yay! Where's Paul and Tori? Are they here? Oh, their daughter Tia, I'm sure many of you heard, but um, has been selected to represent South Africa um, in the world um, lit quiz. So if you know Tori and Paul and Tia, go send them a message and give them a congratulations. I think it's so amazing. So if you don't know me this morning, my name is Jan, I'm married to Nick, and um, we serve on the eldership team, and we have four beautiful, busy little children. It feels a bit of a wild season. We've got six, four, two, and three-month-old. So I'm thick in the trenches, and this preach was birthed in the, the nursery room, pacing the walls of Joel and Maisie's room while I'm trying to get them to bed. <laughs> so today I get the privilege on speaking about He is Truth. We've been in a series called He is Truth since Christmas, and I mean, we could go on for this for years, I feel like. But this morning, church, I am so excited. I have been anticipating breakthrough today because the Spirit of the Lord is here and He has freedom on offer. And so if you've come here this morning, maybe you're in bondage or you feel like there's something keeping you back, the Spirit of God has freedom for you. Are you excited? Because I am. John 8 verse 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let's say it again. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So Glenridge, we are going to be set free and changed and transformed this morning. Father God, I just want to pray. Lord, we just give you this morning. We thank you that you are the lion that roars, and that your roar brings liberation. And so we are fully expectant, Lord. We give you our hearts and we ask you to do a deep work in us this morning, Lord. We welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. Amen. So we live in a world at war, a war for truth. All you have to do is look in our media. There's a war for truth in our media. There's a war for truth in our schools. There's a war for truth in our marriages, in the way we parent, in our workplaces, even our churches. There is a war for truth. The number of young people, according to the New York Times, who identify as transgender has doubled in the last um, six years, has doubled. There's confusion and deception amongst us. The Rand Corporation has named our cultural moment as the truth decay. Isn't that so sad? We live in a time where they've titled it the truth decay. Um, there's facts that take a, the facts take a backseat, often in the political and civil arena, and fiction and false speech lead up front. Our media swamps us every day with stories and hops. How many of us have gotten the... WhatsApp um, ticks where it's like forwarded many times and you go, hmm, how true is this? Hey? Truth has become an outdated phenomenon. Now it's you live your truth. You do you, boo. Be whoever you want to be. Do whatever you feel. You decide your gender. We live in a war for truth. 
But before we unpack truth and get to the person of truth, I want to start with the opposite of truth. What is the opposite of truth, Glenridge? Lies. Yeah, I actually asked Malachi this morning, what is the opposite? And he was like, lies. Lies. I'm saying that like a Durban out lies. Lies. <laughs> so we're going to look at this morning the devil, the liar. Number two, Jesus, the truth speaker. And number three, the spirit of truth, Holy Spirit. Okay, so buckle up and get prepared for the Holy Spirit to undo some things in your thinking. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 8, but I do have it on the screen coming up. Now, before we read this, just want to give you context. Jesus is having a conversation in John chapter 8 with the Pharisees. If you don't know who the Pharisees are, they are the religious leaders of that day. I want you to keep this in mind, that this conversation is between Jesus and those who know the Bible more than anyone else, those who, who are the, th the, the thought leaders of that day. So if you had a question about God, you would go to these people, okay? This is who Jesus is talking to. And we're going to jump all the way into 39. It says, Abraham is our father, they answered, the Pharisees answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested, and they were actually taking a dig at Jesus here because he was born out of wedlock. So they were actually saying, we are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Next slide. This is, you, this is Jesus. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He, the devil, was a murderer, from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Say that with me. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Powerful stuff there, Jesus. So three things, two things from Jesus' teaching on the devil here that I want to highlight. Number one, what do we learn from Jesus' teaching? The devil's goal is to murder. And number two, his means, his way, his, his strategy is lies and half-truths. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes to rob, steal, and destroy. What is the devil's agenda? To rob, steal, and destroy. To murder, to wipe out all life. This is the words of Jesus, guys. It's not just an idea. It's like Jesus saying, the devil's goal is to murder, to wipe out life, to, to bring destruction. C.S. Lewis says, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. 
To follow Jesus is to join in a war in heaven's invasion on earth. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8 from the Amplified. Be sober. This is his charge to the people he was talking to. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, just note he says that enemy of yours, not that enemy of theirs, that enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. So if the devil's goal is to murder, to bring death and destruction, what is his strategy? Lies. Because Jesus says in John 8 verse 44, when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. The Amplified adds in, he is the liar and um, he is the father of lies and half-truths. I absolutely love that because he doesn't just lie. He takes the truth and he makes it sound promising and good and delicious and we want it and we desire it. He is the father of half-truths. So often when we think of the enemy's ploy, his tactics, we think of disease, destruction, or death. Often. Disease, we look at the pandemic, I would definitely say that was like an assignment from the enemy, in my opinion. You know, we look at um, uh, death and we, we attribute it to maybe the robbery of, of Satan. Um, oftentimes, that's what we attribute it. We think that um, the plot of the devil is big, noteworthy things, things, things that make the headlines, right? But yeah, and Jesus is one of his uh, most greatest teachings on the devil in John chapter 8. What is the strategy? Jesus doesn't refer to that um, exorcism or demonic um, oppression of a girl. In other stories, he does. But here, it's lies. It's lies. So the devil's operating strategy is lies. And Jesus sees this fight against the devil as a fight to believe truth over lies. In Genesis 3, right in the beginning, we're going back, we, we, we see the very first appearance of, of the devil come into the Bible, Genesis chapter 3. And we all know it so well. Adam and Eve are in the garden, and um, the, the serpent, who is, um, resembles the devil, comes and he says to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from the trees of this garden? And how familiar is that, guys? Did God really say? Did God really say take that job? Did God really say marriage is optional? Did God really say I can decide my gender? Did God really say? It's so interesting when, when the devil comes to Eve here, he doesn't come with, with a weapon, you know, or a sword or a drone. He comes with a lie, with a half-truth actually. Did God really say? He comes with the half-truth. And in Genesis 3, it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any of the wild animals. Cunning means attractive. I looked it up. The enemy is at war with truth, and he uses his cunningness to present trends over truth. 
And I love that Cairns, my sister-in-law, spoke on here's wisdom a few weeks back. And she mentioned how we often take um, the worldly wisdom looks attractive. And I want to propose and present this morning that the devil um, packages trends as truth. So we want to be on trend, but there's truth. So what are some of the trends that I felt God highlight? You can go to the next slide. Um, Cohabitation versus covenant. The trend of gender fluidity versus God-given identity. The trend of, uh, of individualism versus tribalism. What I mean here is like individualism, it's like all about me and my family and my white picket fence, but actually God called us to community, the tribes and the, the 12 tribes of Judah. Worldly meditation and mindfulness versus the truth of this godly renewal of the mind. The trend of rushing, hey, the hustle. We all want to be the hustles, the hustlers, versus intentionality. YOLO, you only live once, versus Jan's take. Alefi, living for eternity. Come on. Hey, it's like, YOLO, you only live once. Go do what you want to do. You do you, boo. Go do it. But actually, no, what I do here matters in eternity. The trend that marriage is just a social construct and I can get out of it when I want versus marriage displays Christ and the church. Truth is relative versus truth is absolute. There is a war for truth. What lies are we believing this morning? And remember, they're not um, obvious lies. They're not obvious lies. So, we know that the enemy's um, goal is to murder, to, to, to murder and wipe out life. And his strategy is lies. So, where do we start? With the lion of the tribe of Judah who's roaring over us by looking at the face of the person of truth, the truth speaker, Jesus Christ. John 18, verse 37, Jesus says, The reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Is that not profound? The reason I was born, the whole reason Jesus came was to testify to the truth. Pilate then asks Jesus later on, what is truth? Good question, hey? What is truth? In a world filled with lies, trends, falseness, we all hunger for truth. We might just not know it. What is truth? John 14, 14 says, I, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is our truth. He doesn't say that he has truth as an, as an offer or he will teach us the truth. No, he boldly proclaims that I am the truth. I am truth. Jesus is truth. If we look at our memory verse for, the to, for today, John 8, 32 again, where it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Imagine if we insert Jesus there. Then you will know Jesus and Jesus will set you free, friends. If we read the Bible without knowing Jesus, it becomes a duty and an impossible list of tasks and rules that we try to cover in our own strength. But when we read the word knowing Jesus... We come because we want to encounter the person of truth and truth sets us free. So every time we come to the Bible, our mind is renewed and our, we are set free and liberated from, from the lies of the enemy. 
when we look at Jesus' baptism, I always love this picture, and I have mentioned it before, but we have the, the Trinity, the triune God there. Jesus, God the Father is there. Jesus comes up out of the water. We hear the Father say, this is my son who I am well pleased. And then the word comes up. Jesus comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit lands on him like a dove. So when we come to the Bible, which is our, one of our coordinates for truth, because we come to the Bible to meet with Jesus, we come to meet all of Jesus. We've all got neuropathways. I'm not a psychologist, um, but some of you are. And um, we all have neural pathways, and I'm sure you all know that from birth, our neuropathways are developed in our brain. So, for example, hypothetical, let's say you were a young child, and um, you were made to feel like a bird. And maybe your parents didn't say that, but you were just... You weren't, you weren't a delight. They didn't make you feel like you were a delight. They didn't say that. They just didn't, you didn't feel that way. And so you, being, you were raised as like, I'm a burden, I'm a burden. And so your neuropathway is like, that's the narrative. You're telling yourself, I'm a burden, I'm a burden. And psychologists say that you, what you believe, you become and you behave. So I believe I'm a burden. I'm going to become a burden to those around me and behave as a burden. And this morning, I really feel like the Holy Spirit might be highlighting narratives in your mind that you have created since you were little, that God wants to undo decades of lies of the enemy that he has sown in your minds. So ask Holy Spirit, because we're going to do work with Jesus soon. Ask him, what lie am I believing that I have been believing? What narrative have I been telling myself? And get back to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the truth bringer. Because he wants to meet you this morning. And so we have, um, we, have, we have the devil, the father of lies, Jesus, the truth speaker. And we have the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. It's not, just enough, it's not enough to just go through the humdrum of Christian life and think, it's enough to escape the evil schemes of the enemy. So spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines or your devotion, I'm so into that. I'm the one who loves to preach, read your Bible, pray, worship the weapons of our warfare. Those are beautiful, good, good things. But guys, if we do that without the person of the Holy Spirit, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? In Eden, the pre, I call them the pre-apple days, which is kind of funny because pre-apple days here is also kind of true, hey? There, <laughs> there was no sin. Adam and Eve, like I was thinking about this, I was speaking to Beth and Chantal and I was getting so excited because actually in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were in perfect union with God. There was no lust. There was no um, temptation that they had noticed. There was no Netflix or social media or media influencing. They were just Adam and Eve in perfect relationship with Jesus. Yet, they were deceived. So, guys, if, if they were deceived, how much more are we um, vulnerable to the lies of the enemy? If Eve was and Adam were deceived, how much more us? We need the Holy Spirit's help, the spirit of truth. In fact, dare I say, as a believer, life as a believer 
is essential with the help of the Holy Like the Holy Spirit is essential, is paramount to the, the life of a believer. And especially today when we are in a war for truth and we are going, Corne brought that word, it's time to go, it's time to go, it's time to go. Some of us don't know how to go because we've been so caught up in bondage of the lies of the enemy and we've been telling ourselves the wrong narrative because the enemy is having a field day with our minds that we can't go. Today, the spirit of freedom is here to liberate you from your oppression of the mind, from your narratives, which are not true. They are just stories from the enemy and half-truths. And so this morning, I want you to go home and say, God, what is the truth? What is the truth that you have for my life? John 14, verse 15 to 17, Jesus speaks. These, if you want to know the Holy Spirit... Read John, the, the book of John. Honestly, it's so beautiful. He speaks about the Holy Spirit. If you like, how do I even start? Where do I start with my relationship with Holy Spirit? Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Read your Bible and just speak to him. Engage with him. Holy Spirit, show me where you're with me today. So Jesus says in John where am I? John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. How beautiful. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but Glenridge, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. If you're a believer, Please put your hand up. If you're a believer, I believe in Jesus. Look at this. It's, look around the room, guys. I want to declare over you, you know the Holy Spirit. He lives with you. He lives in you. Okay, that's a promise. Later, a, a, few, a few verses down, I just want to read it. Um, John 16, verses 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. It's to our advantage, guys, that Jesus went away. Why? So that we could have the empowering help of the Holy Spirit. It's so profound. It's like Jesus went away so that I could have the Holy Spirit, the King of all kings, dwelling within me. He has made his home inside of us. And little, by, little down later, it says in John 16, 13, Jesus says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things to come. You want to know truth? Lean in to the Holy Spirit. He reveals all truth. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, I, I, one day I'll do a teaching on the Holy Spirit because it's so much. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal and glorify Jesus. We need truth and spirit. We are transformed into the image of God by truth and spirit. Truth, we often hear like... Um, that values or behavior we say with our children, you know, that our values are caught, not taught. 
And I want to say this morning, truth is, is caught, not taught. Truth is caught by hanging out with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father. Truth is caught by being with Jesus. Truth is caught by praying in tongues and, and setting my mind upon the face of truth, Jesus Christ. Relationship with the Holy Spirit brings an impartation of truth into our hearts that we cannot receive without him. When I was pregnant, some of you may have heard the story, I apologize. My life was forever marked by the story because it was a profound moment. And um, so when Joel was in my tummy, he was conceived during lockdown. <laughs> and we gave birth, I gave birth to him, literally during the height of the second COVID wave where we saw lots of death and destruction around us. And it was very hard for me to keep my mind at peace, being pregnant. Doctors didn't know the outcome of if a mother contracted COVID, what that outcome would be on mom or baby. And I have to rein in my mind a lot. The renewal of the mind is a big thing for me. I can tell the minute I've lost my gaze on Jesus because I haven't been spending enough time renewing my mind with the word. And so this one morning, while I was pregnant with Joel, um, fear, the spirit of fear gripped my heart. It paralyzed me that morning. Um, I was like, what if, what if I get COVID? I did get COVID later on, but I was fine. But what if I get COVID? What's going to happen to my baby? It was so scary for me. It was real. And as the enemy does, he loves to have a field, field day with your mind. Um, I had already partnered with fear. I woke up, I had partnered with fear. And I got in my car to take the kids to school and then I was scrolling on News 24, as you do, because the media brings trends over truth, right? <laughs> and um, the first story on News 24 was about a woman who had lost her baby at 30 weeks because she contracted COVID. I was so scared. I was paralyzed with fear. I'd partnered with fear. And then I got a message on a prayer group, and one of my friends friends of a friend of a friend was in hospital pregnant who had COVID. I was so scared. And I thought, okay, I got home. The house was nice and empty and quiet. It was just Malachi and Judah dropped them at we friends, got home, closed the door. And I thought, this is enough. Lord, you have to speak to me. I have to hear from you. And I, put, I got on the lounge floor and I put worship on the TV and I was like, I'm not moving here, Jesus, until I hear from you that you've got me and you've got my baby. And I worshiped, I worshiped till the peace came and he gave me the scripture from Psalm 139, which says, um, he, you knit me together in my mother's womb, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I felt the peace of God return. Worship often helps me bring my gaze back to him. Actually, who is he? He doesn't lie. Who is he? He's the right truth. Okay, that's the truth. I'm gonna proclaim that over my baby. I felt peaceful, went back, that was, that's, went the rest of my day, fetched the children and walked in the door. I remember, I can still visualize, the door was half open. Malachi walks through the door, four years old at the time. These kids are unaware of what I'm feeling or thinking. It's a battle in my mind. And Malachi starts to sing. 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. I praise you. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The Holy Spirit reveals all truth. The Holy Spirit comforts. The Holy Spirit enables. The Holy Spirit empowers. The Holy Spirit bears witness inside of us to the truth. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the truth bringer. The Holy Spirit wants to bring forth truth in your minds today, wants to rewrite the narrative of your mind, of your self-story. I fight against the devil. Before, it's about exorcism or healing the nation or fixing the disaster. It's first and foremost the fight to believe truth over lies. In a world that says, be true to yourself, surrender to your desires, be who you want to be. Jesus says, live by the Spirit. In this cultural moment of truth decay, Jesus' teachings are more compelling than ever and relationship with the Holy Spirit is essential to combat the power and principalities of the darkness. Just to end, imagine. Imagine that Noah brought into the lie that he didn't hear God say, build the ark. Did God really say, build the ark? Imagine if Moses gave into his own belief that he was not a leader and didn't belong. Imagine if Joshua and Caleb only saw the size of the giants when scouting the promised land. Imagine if Esther believed she was a young girl and an orphan, not capable of being a queen and saving a nation. Imagine if David believed his brother's opinion on him taking down Goliath. Imagine if Joseph believed his life was over when he was sold into slavery. Imagine if Joshua wasn't sure he heard God say, walk around Jericho seven times. But these men and women partnered with truth. Noah saw salvation come to his family. Moses saw miraculous signs and wonders and the liberation of his nation. Joshua and Caleb were the only two chosen from their generation who got to live in the promised land. Esther was crowned queen and rescued all the Jews from being massacred. Joseph's faithfulness paved the way for his promotion from prison to palace. Joshua saw the walls of Jericho coming down and victory assured. And David... He saw Goliath defeated with one stone. So Jesus is bringing down the walls of unbelief this morning. There's an invitation. Can I just ask the band to come up?